Dayton, the city of a thousand factories. It's long been an industrial linchpin in the Midwest. A scant two decades past the turn of the century, Jim City is roaring along with the rest of the 20s. It's a decade of change. Women have the vote. Alcohol is banned. The Great War is over, and the decimation of the Spanish flu is coming to a close. Thanks to the gumption and innovation of two native Daytonians, mankind has begun to conquer the sky itself. We're not caring about Dayton at the minute. We're in a completely different place. As you come to in the dark, cramped spaces and feel yourself and the cold figures around you beginning to stir. Tommy, last of all. It's you. Memory slowly returns to you. That's right. You went on a train trip, and then things got weird. But you went back to the train you departed on, and it doesn't appear to be moving now. You're hearing footsteps above, occasional low voices. And let's see, who's got the highest awareness? Hmm, well, uh, probably Helen not Tommy. Got Tommy's got three. Tommy's yeah, got Sam's three. Sam's got three, too. Definitely not Helen. <laughs> so definitely not Helen Tommy. and Sam, both here through the floorboards. Douse the light, douse the light. They're coming back. It was Al's voice. Wait, did he say they're coming back? Douse the light, they're coming back. He's referring to us waking up. That's hard to say. Sam in the darkness is going to make like a, a gesture with his hands to keep it down for a sec. You do so. It's pretty goddamn dark. Nobody sees you, but you kind of get the point across. Yeah, Sam's going to keep listening out for what's going on upstairs. I would like Tommy, since you control the bulk of the men on this train, to roll me about four dice, please. No hunger. Four dice, yeah. All right, let's go. And after that, I'd like everyone to go ahead and give me a rouse check, because it's a brand new night. Yes, it is. Tommy doesn't get hungrier, but that's two successes on that roll. Sam and Helen, in the darkness, you think you hear, in the distance, train whistles, the clattering of wheels on tracks, and the sound of somebody whistling and jingling chains and the panting of dogs. Mm. Tommy don't have but any they, dogs. But they pass by. Did anyone fail the rouse check? Uh, doesn't seem like it. Nope. Unless Tommy did. No, nah, Tommy did not. I imagine Tommy's like through. still sort of high on, on goblin blood. And also, <laughs> as he awakens, he remembers that he's in Chicago. Ah, and in... thank you for reminding me, Tommy. <laughs> Go ahead and roll me. What's your stamina, too? Uh, it is. Uh, Tommy's stamina is not bad at all. It's one of his better... Uh, his stamina is three, yeah. Cool. Go ahead and roll me six dice. No hunger. Mm. Because the uh, fey blood has passed through your system, Tommy. You're coming down from it. And that will be four successes for Tommy. 
That's very good. Your head aches a bit in a way you haven't felt in a very long time. It's like getting drunk on fruity cocktails or little th sweet drinks that sneak up on you. But aside from some little bit of aching, putting an edge on your hunger, you, you're not hindered. This yeah. Time. That's just because he realizes he's in Chicago and he's taken over by a new high, the kind of giddy boyish high that you feel when you realize you're in the birthplace of all your childhood heroes. Like, this is, this is where the big shots are. This is where Capone is. This is where the real gangsters that Tommy always pretended he was like, but knew he couldn't measure up to do their thing. And actually, that's something to preface. Tommy, you're on the lifestyle. Does anyone else have two streetwise or more? Hmm. Tommy has two, yes. Uh, All right. Does anyone have the, have equal or more to them than that? Uh, Ted has two, yeah. That makes sense, Not given your contact in the business. Mm. Hmm? Sam's there. <laughs> Useless. Something you would have talked to about on the way up is that you know that the heads of the two biggest gangs in town, the North Side, who's mainly Irish, run under a guy called Bugs Moran. Uh, the south side has pretty much been sewn up by Capone and his Italians. That's what you get coming in from out of town. This Because this situation is probably a great deal more complicated here on the ground. But that's the broad basics. See, that's, that's difficult for Tommy, because he's always sort of admired Capone. But also, Tommy's not Italian, and <laughs> the Italians in Dayton, well, you know, Sanetti was one of his, the biggest thorns in his side, so he'd rather not have to deal with Capone if possible. So, as the train pulls, as the train starts to pull into Chicago, he just... Oh no, uh, the train oh, isn't moving. train isn't moving, then that is... Hopefully, hopefully it's in before. Chicago, yeah. <laughs> So as Tommy peers you can hear out, trains about that yours isn't moving. You appear opening compartment. Okay. Tommy's going to op open the compartment and just see, like, get see if he can get an idea of whether we're actually in Chicago or not. Well, the first thing you see in the very dim light. Do you want to flip on eyes, or no? Yeah, I'll put on eyes of the beast. The first thing you feel as you put as your eyes blaze gold in the darkness is a tug on your finger as Chadley kind of jerks in surprise. <laughs> Judging by the full bucket and the rather tired and disheveled and cramped looking Chadley, he followed your instructions to the letter. And the thread is still there. Tommy appreciates this. He just smiles kindly at Chadley. And he leans in and he whispers, Oh, what's a skinny? Behind Tommy, uh, the rest of you in the compartment can see this going on, hear him. And Chadley leans in and whispers, Sir, they decoupled our car and put us in the train yards under the station. You say who? I, I don't know. Nobody been back here to talk to us. Al figured 
we best keep quiet and hide from the guards till y'all were awake, sir. Uh, where's uh, where's uh, Mikey and Luca and, and all the other guys? They're in the other compartment where Al is. Okay, uh, so here's what and I want to do. That fancy guy, Abernathy, the whiner. Abernathy. Tommy ponders this and he says, All right, uh, want you to just, uh, stick here. Invisible, uh, I see you've been using the bucket and just, uh, sit tight. I'm gonna tell the others what the skinny is. We're gonna figure out what to do and, uh, maybe one of us might hop out there and do a little looking around, and we're just going to need you to sit tight in case something happens, okay? Yes, sir. Tommy returns to the others, and he sighs, and he says, uh, <sighs> So I was, uh, going to give you the rundown on the gangs and on Capone and all, but looks like that'll have to wait, because uh, Chadley says... Uh, before we came around, someone's come up, they've decoupled the train car and stuck us in the train yard. Separated us from everything else and everyone else. Al and the rest of my goons still in the train proper. Sounds like they knew that we were coming. I agree. Maybe they got a guy like uh, like the dandy who controls the trains. Didn't that uh that born of Satan said something about the master of the trains or something like that? Yeah, it was a little bit hard to understand though. Well, I don't uh, take kindly to uh being messed with uh when we ain't got a chance to, uh, confront our, uh, would-be assailants. So, so what did uh, Chadley say? Do we have a chance? Should we wait it out? What's the, what's the, what's the go? Uh, Chadley's, uh, well, let's just say he ain't exactly, uh, qualified to make that decision. So, uh. I was thinking maybe me and you, maybe Helena if she's up for it, uh, sneak out of this train, see if we uh, can't scout around, find out who's uh, decoupled us, where we are, and whether we're in any sort of danger. Yeah, I, I vote for you two. I'm gonna set this one out, actually. Probably best we should have someone here with Ted just in case. Uh, turns to Helena and he says, So, uh, you up for it? Want to come do a little bit of scouting with me? Or sit tight here, see what I find, and put on a pretty face in case whoever... Uh, I'll go, I'll go. Set us aside comes to have their uh, talk. I'll go with you, that sounds okay. great. Alright. Tommy sighs, he reaches into his coat, and for a moment he's half expecting his lighter and cigar to not be there. The fact that they're 
someone's decoupled the train, has him on edge a little bit, and he's half expecting that someone's mugged him in his sleep, but of course it's still there, so... On the third try, the flame lights up. He lights the cigar, takes a deep drag. Rouse that blood, blood, Tommy. Twice. Twice. You said I. That is two successes, thankfully. Lucky snake. Lucky strike. Lucky snake. So Tommy's now going to rouse the blood one more time. And Prob gets what's probably going to be his last success on a rouse check this session. Does not get hungrier. As he simply stands in the doorway leading out of the compartment and fades into the darkness. And he's going to exit the train compartment. And start just scouting around the train yard. Well, as you do so, you see Sam's big husky dog... His mastiff lying in the center of the compartment, still staring at staring out staring at one of the doors. But you can easily you're obfuscated. You can easily quietly ease the back door of the train open, of the car open, and slip out. As you do so, what's your awareness? Tommy's awareness is two. As you do so and quietly shut it behind you, you notice a slip of paper tacked to the side of the car. Hmm. Is there anything written on it? Certainly is. It looks like a work order saying that this car is to be refurbished tomorrow. Going by the time that's passed. It's been flagged as a low priority for cleaning and sending back to Dayton. Hmm. So Tommy detaches the work order and he ducks your back wise, in. Yep. Your streetwise skills are telling you somebody has set this up so it's basically not going to be disturbed without good reason. For a little while, at least. I. But Tommy still wants to know who and why, so... Now, while you're something else you notice while you're out here, since you can see in the dark, this is kind of the uh, small train yard that's tucked under Chicago's Union Station. This is where cars and car- carriages are decoupled, and locomotives are put on the round table to basically uh, be sorted out for later trips. It is busy. You can hear a heck of a lot of noise going on across the yard. You can see cars being shuffled from place to place. A couple people have switchers and a few other places they just settle for dragging them on chain. So there's work gangs going on. You can only imagine what this would be in daylight. But people even so, around. about a fourth of the yard, there's people around and there's the occasional dog, sorry, the occasional guard walking through, some with dogs. Looks like they're more covering the many exits. Out to the side of here and the doors that are heading out. So Tommy's acutely aware that he's possibly in enemy territory. He's kind of paranoid. So the first thing he's going to do is he's going to pull the work order off the train car. Before he goes any further, he just ducks back into the compartment and he whispers, trying to get Helena's attention. Hey, hey, Helena, I got a... I got this for you. 
look, I know it's a piece of paper and uh, I didn't have time to go through what's on it, some sort of work order, but I figured uh, you're good at looking at things and seeing things that others can't, so uh, maybe you can, uh, you know, do a palm reading or something like that. I'm going to assume that if she notices anything that since the sense the unseen is already just sort of on. Um... Doesn't look magical. Looks like mean I... corporation paper. I'm I'm not seeing much. I uh, I I can see some things, but I I, I can't see everything. Though it, does, though it does occur to Helena with her in supremely good intelligence that if that paper is off the door, then somebody might pros- try to process this car sooner rather than later. Yeah, she realized this. All right, I, I'll put it back. But uh, you sure you can't, you know, uh, close your eyes and get one of those weird puzzly thingamajigs? And, uh... <laughs> Look, I, I, I can, I can do that. Yeah, I, I don't need the paper, but I'll, I'll, I can use it as a focus. Maybe I don't really know how this works. Still, I, I can give it a go if you really think that's necessary. All right, look, I'll be back in uh, five, ten minutes. Uh, I'll put it back where I came from when I come back. Just uh, maybe if you can get a feel on who put it there and why and why they set us aside. Uh, just, you know, I I know we're in unfamiliar territory and I wasn't expecting to wake up with someone already knowing we're here. And I just, I got to make sure we're safe is all. Yeah, of course. Okay, you sit tight. I'll be back. Uh, be back soon. And what Tommy's gonna do is he's gonna just sort of lurk around until he find until he can hopefully find a member of a work gang who's just far enough away from everyone else that Tommy can sort of get the drop on them, pull them away somewhere hidden, and he's gonna try to interrogate someone. All right, that's what Tommy's doing. Ted, what are your plans? Hey. Uh. And sitting and sitting tight and waiting is an okay option. But if there's something you wanted to do, now's the time to speak up. Mm. Yeah, I guess, yeah, he's going to wait in the wait in the train car. He's just going to sort of like, as he's waiting, he's going to like pull the pocket watch he's got from the, the Spectre out and just, just like, Sort of like sit around and say like, are you, so are you still here with us or like was that only in the train? Mm. Okay. See, if, see if the ghost linked to it is like still around or is like was he only able to manifest in the train? Like, <laughs> go ahead and roll me a charisma plus a cult. Uh, would repulsive apply to this? <laughs> it would not. Cool. The dead generally don't give a shit about your looks. Generally. <laughs> yes, I thought. <laughs> Two successes. Alright, we'll get back to what happens there. Sam, is there anything you'd like to take care of while stuff is going on? Yeah, Sam's going to send um, the dog, um, Lucius, with um, Helena and Tommy, and also sit down and study his um, his new book that he has. All right. Telling the dog to help Tommy out, if need. Yeah, and keep a low profile. 
And you're going to read from the Book of Sam. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. You can go ahead and roll me. What did we say it was? An intelligence plus academics, wasn't it? To get through yeah. the cipher. Yeah, that, that you book of your near yourself. future. Yes. Well, that's turtle failure. <laughs> it's what I expected. He doesn't have any academics. Yeah. You... You do send the dog out, and when that happens, you see the door open a little more slightly from the side, and one of Temmie's men peek out. Then he notices you're up, and he, he withdraws quickly, and you hear him whispering, Al! Al! They're up! About fucking time. But, you're, but you'll be busy trying to decipher it, and not getting very far. Doesn't help that the light in here is not conducive to reading. And Helena... Do you want to stay put in vision? Do you want to go with Tommy after your vision? Yeah. Do you want to do something else? I think she'll go with Tommy after the vision, yeah. All right. So let's start with uh, inducing a vision. You hold it and you study it, and Isaiah's mentioned that there are ways of reading objects, getting impressions from them, and you can't do that. Not yet. But you can always fire your brain off into the Mulcavin sphere and see what comes of it. So go ahead and roll to rouse the blood, and then go ahead and roll your resolve plus aspects. Sure, she gets hungrier, so she's three. And... and so, as you get hungrier, you see the flickering edges of celluloid, and your vision is going to come in an old-timey grainy film. Complete with a Wurlitzer pounding on the soundtrack. And your sire's voice doing the narration. And how many successes we talk? Two. Flicker. Pop. And you see the dandy's train car. The play card reads, as, the, as your sire reads, The fool consults with the seer. The dandy swaggers out. You know, kind of brushes himself off, takes a fancy cigar, smokes, like coughs his lungs out a bunch, and then Numbers comes into the scene. She looks even nerdier. Her glasses are about, each, each lens is about the size of her face. It's exaggerated Commedia dell'arte style. And the play card, they roll out a map, hold it up upside down, and and they're trying to make sense of it. And the play card says, oh, "They're old, your old, their old hidey holes are being cut off. They must get these neonates through prying eyes. But how?" And Finally, the dandy throws his hands up and says, We'll let them figure it out. It's and then it cuts awful. away to and then it cuts away to the station upstairs. And the cameras and can the camera scans the crowd of the beautiful Union Station up in Chicago. High high walls, windows letting moonlight in. And among the crowds, there's two men standing stationary. 
reading newspapers. Two men looking up, simultaneously pulling bottles and sipping from the dark liquid inside, then tucking it back in their jackets. Eyes everywhere. Then it pulls away to the edge of the train yard, which Helena hasn't seen yet, but you'll see the second you go outside and you see one of the guards, the only one who's walking two dogs, sit, taking a sip from a similar looking bottle. And then with a clatter, the projector stops and Finn flashes across your view before the world returns to normal. Okay, as Helena catches up to Tony, I think rather than trying to do like the whole interpretation thing herself, she's just going to be more, a bit more candid for once and actually just tell him everything she saw. Yeah, that, uh... That sounds like a whole load of nothing to me, I think. Uh, look, uh, I ain't good at uh, working out uh, the, uh, the, the, the the symbolism and uh, the, 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 the psychometrics of all stuff like that. So uh, I'm thinking I'm going to see if I can find a foreman or someone who's uh, calling the shots around here and get, get something straight out of the horse's mouse. mouth. I mean, uh, is uh, Helena activating her obfuscation as well, or is she? Yeah, she would too. Stealthiness. Not sure that. Give me another. Give me another rouse check there, Helena. Okay, she doesn't get hungrier. That's good. Tommy... Hungry yet, by the way. Three. Ah. Great. Ooh. As Tommy sees Helena fade away, he, he notices the sort of bloodshot look in her eyes, and as she fades away, he just whispers, eh, you know, maybe if you wanted to, uh, you know, uh, attend to things, now would be the time, but uh, how about you, uh, you see if you can find us a way out of here, and I'll uh, find someone who can give us some answers. Yeah, oh, okay. All right. Meanwhile, back in the car, Ted, there's nothing for a few minutes. And then a dull sensation through your dead hand. And the pocket watch is getting colder. And the windows kind of shake a bit and quiver. The fr the blind, the, fr the curtains kind of tapping against them as if pressure is expanded inside the room. And flipping on your oblivion sight, you see a wispy image of the man whose watch you now hold. Uh... Actually, a fairly handsome face. Man on the cusp of middle age. Graying hair. Black hair going to gray. Slicked back. 
studying you, just the face. The rest, there's you can see the frame of the rest of a body uh, leaning against the wall, but it kind of fades away the more you look away from the face. What? Distant. It's hard to... Traveling. Okay, so you, you can't really fully... So you can't fully manifest like you did. It's... There's there are layers. What do you need? All right, the magic. All right, the mage did mention that. I don't. Uh, I don't suppose you can tell. Being in that realm and all, can you tell the difference between mortals and immortals? I'm not actually here moving. Try. <sighs> he pauses, then seems to flush and fill. Try in a graveyard or someplace thinner. He says, and the windows kind of flex and pulse, rattling. Or give me time. Uh, and then he's gone, just like that. Alright. You hear okay. a slight cracking and look to the side to see one of the windows has a fracture in it. Where the curtain doesn't quite cover. Sam, your dog is cuddling with you. Its eyes are wide open, and you can hear it feel its heart going a mile a minute. It does not like whatever just happened. Sounds like a perfect time to send it out to go and help um, Helena and Tommy. It is all too happy to go out there. <laughs> Excellent time. Gets outside, looks around puzzled, and kind of sits down because it cannot see two invisible kindred. That dog. Oh, oh can it not smell them? I don't know if we give off sense, do we? I assume you would. Vampires are stinky. Well, yes and no. But that is a point. Tommy did just light up a cigarette. Which he's presumably still smoking, since you can do that. Okay, yeah. After a moment or two, it starts snuffling around and heads off in a direction. It's not a ghoul, is it? Because if it was a ghoul, it might be able to obfuscate as well. It is a ghoul. Uh, Sam doesn't have obfuscate, though. Ah, yes. Yeah, that's right. Sam doesn't have obfuscate. So he's not high in the um, obfuscate no. uh, discipline tree. No, so just animalism is a sight. Oh my god, no. You know what that dog would have? Sense the beast. Oh, yeah, yeah never mind. Because I sense the beast, yep. Yeah, and never if mind. If he's familiar, you also have a telepathic link to it. Well. Not quite telepathic. It gets weird. He can talk to it without having to activate feral whispers. But actually, you know, being able to see through its eyes and things is a separate thing. All right. 
I believe that's how it works. Yeah. At any rate, between Sense the Beast and that fresh tobacco smoke, yeah, it catches up with them without a problem. So, here's the thing. I'm... I'm not going to make you roll for this. This is a busy yard. There are people stepping out and in and out between the work gangs all the time. That's an awesome map, by the way. I <laughs> just saw it. Thank you. Does anyone else need an invite? It's over in Lucky Dice. Yeah, I just found it. Okay, cool. There are people stepping out in, in and out all the time. And it's easy enough to find somebody who is totally unprepared for two invisible people and a very large, very quiet, very helpful dog. Tommy, your obfuscate is broken. Actually, which one of you wants to make the grab? Uh, I suppose... I don't think Helena would probably be keen to do it, would she? No. Yeah, so to Tommy right. sort of knows what's going to happen, and he just snatches the guy, pulls him aside, and the guy probably, you know, he's aware he's being grabbed, and he sees the dog there, and it's a ghoul dog, so it's pretty big, so he's already unsettled enough, and Tommy just leads in and says, Who calls the shots, tough guy? What? What? You're talking about the foreman? I mean, Isaac's, is Isaac's on shift today. Where? What's this about? What's this about? Don't you mind. Tell me where. Roll me a charisma plus intimidate. Uh, let's go. One, two, three, four. See, the trick is he's scared. He's talking. But in order to get him talking what you want him to know, what, what yeah. you want to know from him before, you know, somebody notices what's going on. That's four successes from Tommy. Isaac, Isaac, Isaac's working on the number 12. The one that came in from from Kansas today. Where is it? Point. He points down the row, and yeah, there's a work dang down that way. Tommy nods. He looks over his shoulder at where he assumes Helena one is. Then he ones. looks over his shoulder at where he assumes Helena is. He says, uh... You can, uh, can you, uh, make him, you know, uh, not remember this? Uh, I gotta go see what, see what the foreman has in store for us. Yeah, sure. All right. Helena, to do that, you will need to break your obfuscation. Yeah, looking around to make sure it's completely alone. Oh, yeah, he's, Tommy's pulled you off to a stairwell, which, actually, looking at it, would look, looks like it leads out to the street. Okay, so, um... This wouldn't be a bad egress if you wanted to move people out. The trick is getting them across the workflow without other people noticing. Good to know. Okay, um... Uh, okay. Uh, can she uncloak somewhere unseen so that she doesn't scare him as much? Totally. His full attention is on Tommy at the minute. Okay, cool. Um... Yeah, she's gonna do that and then walk up behind him and say, uh, excuse me. And then, huh? um, What? Uh, forget about it. And his eyes glaze. And I'm assuming the three of you kind of tuck it out of there. Yeah, Tommy's recovering. 
Tommy's activating his unseen passage again. Somehow still not getting hungry. That was some strong blood. Yeah. Drink more, should drink drink more goblin blood. Yeah. As he jets off in the direction towards the number 12 where the okay. unfortunate sap pointed. Helena, do you want to hide again or do you want to just uh, trust your... You want to obfuscate again or do you want to trust your native hiding skills? Um... I don't really want to risk getting hungrier again for now. Um, yeah, she would just... A silence of death is on. Um, All right. Okay. You tuck yourself behind a, a caboose as he, you see him kind of shake himself, look down at the dog. Well, you're not supposed to be back here. Get! He says, kicks at the dog a little. The dog backs up, but doesn't do anything. He's like... Get! Well, Trevor will take care of you when he comes around. He's like, Oh, shit. Oh. Sorry, sorry. Didn't mean to shirk. Just had to step off for some. As he runs back to his crew. Tommy. Roll me in Wits Plus Awareness. Wits Plus Awareness. Lovely. The DC on this is decreased. Let's see how we do with a dice pool of four. I might willpower that, just in case. Ending up with four successes out of a possible four All right. after willpower. You can get up to Isaac's crew without much trouble. You can see he... Yeah, and you can pick him out because he's the only guy here holding a clipboard. And as his crew is working on pretty much dismantling a busted-up uh, cargo car... He, he's talking with men who come running over. All right. You finished with the 13? Okay, we'll cross that off. I want you on. He flips the papers up. This one. It's from Missouri. Let's see. Cattle car. Got a refurbished uh, um, sleeper car. Got a sleeper car here. Hand this to Fred as you go by. We'll take care of that. He looks pretty busy. Of more concern, though, is a figure catching your eye across the yard, which you can see because you can see in the dark. You've got that uh, going. Yeah. Got and uh, Helena told you of a guard with two dogs drinking from mm. a bottle. And that guard is, some, is standing still. He's got his head in the air, and he seems almost dog-like himself. And you see him stop still, staring at the car you came in on. The car where Sam and Ted and all your gang still is. And he's heading that way now, from across the yard. Tommy's plan was to appear before the foreman and just casually ask him who put the work order in. For the train from Dayton, but seeing this guard and remembering what Helena told him, he focuses attention on the guard and he's going to try to close the gap between him and the guard and essentially do what he did with the poor sap before and catch the guy unawares. All right. 
Helena, what do you wish to do? You're kind of in a corner. What were your plans while Tommy was out and doing stuff? <laughs> Frankly, she uh, she went on this uh, trip because she reacted reflexively to the be a pretty face thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think she's going to observe. All right. It doesn't ever work out when she acts rash. Fair enough. Okay. Tommy. As you get as you get closer to the man, he kind of you see him stop and kind of glance over his shoulder. Look directly at you then keep going. He looks puzzled. Mm. So he may be vaguely aware that I'm there. Can I can I tell if he's human? Does he look living? Ah! Uh, you can see his chest rise and fall. Mm. There's sweat on his brow. And I presume the dogs would only attack if he gives the order. At least this is the what dogs Tom are straining towards the car. They don't seem to be looking back. Right. So Tommy's just gonna rush the guy and not grab him, but he's going to get as close as he can, break his obfuscate, look directly into the guy's eyes, and use eyes of the serpent to hold him in place. All right. Okay. You, you are at this point halfway behind it, behind a train, breaking you from the main side of the cruise. You're not. He's not out in the open exactly, but uh, there's a small chance this could draw some notice. So we'll see how this goes. But no, for now you get up to him. And your eyes shift into set slitted pupils, perfect gaze. And he's caught, lost in them, staring at you. But Tommy, what you hadn't accounted for was the dogs. They start barking up the storm. Ted and Sam, outside from outside the car, you can hear dogs going berserk. Pretty close, actually. Uh, Sam is going to take this as a note that perhaps the cover has been blown. He's <laughs> going to go upstairs uh, and look out the window and see what he can see. Okay. Takes you a little while to get an angle on the tableau, especially since it's... The lighting out here is spotty. Electric lights hung every sound now and so often in the cavernous train yard. Yeah, but yeah, you do see uh, Tommy confronting a man and two dogs who just who are pretty much saying the doggy equivalent of Holy crap, this guy came out of nowhere! Hey, hey, hey! Uh, Sam's going to take that as an opportunity to They're go and... They're the leashes and barking and jumping. 
yeah, Sam, Sam's got to come to the rescue and calm down the dogs with his animalism. I'm sure it will be uh, at least a reasonable attempt. Cool. Rouse that blood. Tommy will hold the guy in place and make sure he doesn't do anything to make a move against Sam. Hell enough. Uh, from over where you are, you hear one of them yell, Hey, Trevor, get those mutts on- under control. Nobody wants to hear it. Did you get uh, hungrier, Sam? No, Sam still didn't get hungrier. He hasn't fed in like three games now. It hasn't gotten hungry in like three games either. Sometimes that happens. No, <laughs> there's no need to roll. It's oddly like the dogs are used to this kind of thing. And they instantly quiet down. Tommy, you don't see the curtains twitch on the car. Your eyes are currently locked. That's the downside to the uh, the serpent. You gotta look at mm, one Yeah, spot. I'm looking straight into his face. But the fuss is gone, and a handful of people who might have come to investigate this, well, there's no dogs barking anymore, so who cares? Tommy He's staring slack-jawed. Tommy gestures towards the flask in his hand, sort of just nodding, not not breaking his gaze, but just like nodding his chin in that direction. And he says, uh, "Whose blood teat you sucking on?" What? You're a uh, ghoul, ain't you? you? Got blood in there. Know his name. Well, What's you yours? Don't don't mind what my name is. Why? Why the sudden interest in us? Why? Why are you heading over to our car? It's my job. And who gave it's, it to you? It's part of new arrivals before Drummond's boys do. Drummond, right. Who's he? Bigwig in charge? Bad guy. You don't believe me, you can go upstairs. Right, so he's upstairs. His boys are. And then what do we... What, what is he and his boys? What do they do to the new arrivals? Think they come and rough us up, or... Well, I work for just said if I didn't get him, they'd get him. So you don't know who you're working for? Raspy voice in the dark, friend. Pays me money, gives me medicine. Tommy ponders this for a moment. It seems. Tells me the... to point new arrivals to the old. Weedery. Weedery, right. So Tommy's... Just to clarify, this guy is saying that he was trying to get to us before Drummond sends his men down to get to us. So, uh... So you ain't working for this Drummond guy? Nope. And he's the one who usually talks to the newcomers. All I know is there's a feller named Drummond who has people watching for queer folk like you. 
So the guy who sent you, uh, guy who gave you your medicine, uh, would you be able, to, be able to find your way back to him? He meets me down on the canal. There's a drain. But y'all ain't supposed to go there. You're supposed to go to the old weedery. And I'm supposed to go tell him that there's people waiting for him at the old weedery. Mm. Now, now whether see, you I do don't... or don't, that ain't on me. See, I don't, I don't like that. That could be a trap, you know. So, Tommy ponders for a moment. And taking a chance, he's going to break gaze. And he's going to... <sighs> round... kind of... Yep. Stumbles a bit. Grabs his face. Ugh. He's gonna... But... Rouse the blood. And finally get hungrier. He's gonna activate his entrancement. And he just smiles. Tips his hat. And he says... So you're gonna go back to, uh, back to the guy you work for, and you're gonna tell him that, uh, if he wants to see us, he's gonna meet us on neutral ground, somewhere in the public, in a public place oh. where we know he ain't gonna pull any, any funny stuff. Right. Okay. You roused your blood for the entrancement? Yes, and I did get hungry. I saw hunger too. He he nods and he smile he smiles wide. You feel you can't it's impossible to know if it's worked or not. But uh normally. But he seems much friendlier as he eases up, takes full from the flask. Oh, it's not a problem. Uh, uh where where would you like to meet him, sir? Hmm. You're local, right? Oh, yeah. No I mean, it depends on what you want. If you want a park, you want a uh, sports field, you want... Let's, uh, say, uh, let's say I'm in the mood for uh, for Italian. I hear they do good pizza in these parts. Uh, oh, where yeah. can I get a pie? Well, if you go to Southside, and he gives you directions for something that's south of the loop, they got the best deep dish you can find. And it's a clean place, ain't one of those rum runner fronts. Right, you tell your boss he wants to talk to us. We'll be there in about, mm, say, an hour. Okay. It's Antonio's Castellaghi. Tommy nods. Got it, and, uh, just so you know, uh, you need any more of that uh, medicine and your boss don't want to give you some, you come find Tommy Hinton, okay? Because Tommy wow. Hinton can give you what you need, all right? That's, that's pretty swell of you, sir. I, I don't mind telling you. It tastes great and I feel young as anything, but it's giving me such a rash. And he pulls back his collar to reveal from the neck down, there's a, his skin is like gray and withered, and there's like odd janky hairs coming out of it. Looks like Ted. Uh, all right, well, if you want something right. that's a bit more uh, agreeable, uh, I could use a guy in these parts who's got my back, so uh, if your boss don't want to 
your boss uh, gets angry at you, don't give you no medicine because uh, I've changed the plans. You just come find me and I'll give you some more of that medicine, okay? That's real swell, thanks. I've got to let him know right now. You do that. And Tommy sort of pats him on the shoulder like an old friend and then straightens his suit and his hat and starts strolling and back towards charmed him. He says, oh, uh, if y'all want to sneak out, well, I'm doing this because ain't nobody supposed to be down here and Drummond's guys might catch wind of folks prowling around. Then if you want, I'll kick up a fuss with Isaac and uh, y'all can get away while I'm drawing people over. Hmm. All right, look. I got a dog with me. Uh, well, not with me. You know, my friend's dog. And if I need you to cause a ruckus, uh, we'll get the dog to bark, you know, like a signal. You hear the dog bark, you go cause your ruckus, because I ain't sure what my friends want to do. Maybe we want to speak to the guy upstairs first. Okay. Oh, well, you could, but uh, my, my, the fella who pays me said that that might be a really bad idea for anyone who's coming in doesn't know Drummond's name already. Just the same, I'll check in because right. you know I ain't a, you know I ain't usually the one who uh, makes all the decisions. You know, it's a uh, we all we all pitch in in my group. It's a, uh, a a monarchy, you know. All right. And he starts heading over toward Isaac. I wait Tommy's, for the dog. He says. Tommy's gonna return to the compartment where he knows that at least Sam and Ted are. Hey, Sam, Ted, you in there? He raps on the door. I figure you did something with the dogs. They stopped barking all of a sudden. Sam looks directly out the window of the door that Tommy's knocking on. Yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, thanks for that. I uh, would have drawn a crowd, but uh, I had to question the guy before he got here. Tommy fills them in on uh, what he was told. So yeah, we can go upstairs, talk to this Drummond guy, although I ain't got the best impression of him. Sort of seems like uh, we'll be stepping into, uh, you know, what do they say, the belly of the dragon or whatever if we go talk to him. But this other guy, the guy who's got uh, the guy out there on his blood teeth, we got a meeting with him at a pizzeria in about an hour. A nice public place where he can't cause any trouble, and we're meeting on neutral terms. Sounds kind of like this Drummond guy's got a business of, uh, I don't know, disappearing people who come into town that he doesn't like. I'm all for going for this neutral guy. I don't know anything about him, never heard of him, but yeah, seems reasonable to me. I mean, I figure this Drummond, he might be, uh, you know, Chicago's equivalent of the dandy. You know, I'm sure the dandies had to disappear a train or two at some point. Yeah, we can assume that. So we can, uh, you know, do the respectful thing, you know, go and pay our respects, tell him we don't mean no harm in town, or we can keep this on the down low. Oh, he turns to Ted, and he says, ah, guy, guy's drinking someone's blood, it's made his skin all, uh, you know... He nods over it, nods at Ted, you know, look like, uh, you know, like dead, deader than usual. 
figure maybe uh you know he's part of your crowd or something I think he's what I. I haven't heard. I hadn't heard of any up this way, but didn't really learn much about where we were. Either that, or he sounds like he might be a Nosferatu. Either one of yours or one of Sam's, I'm guessing. So, uh, why we want to go meet this guy or check in with this Drummond? Oh, the guy said if we need to get out of here, he'll make a ruckus. Uh, all you gotta do, Sam, is uh, that dog of yours. Just, just make him bark really loud. Yeah, I, I reckon we get out of here. Go meet at the pizzeria. Alright, uh... uh... Once we're all back together and Helena makes her way back, wherever she is, uh, say the word and I'll start, start a ruckus. Yeah, where'd she get to? Uh, Tommy looks over his shoulder, peering out into the train yard. Let's see, what can you do with a fabulous? Is there a telepathic link? Let's look. Uh, da -da -da -da. Animalism. Bond fabulous. Does not allow two-way communication with the animal. It can follow simple verbal instructions, such as stay in here you can fair whispers without it i'm going to say you can summon it to you or get the impression that give it the impression it should fetch helena if you want it to i'm sure you can just hand wave that like sam could also just send rats out yeah. to go talk to it or whatever <laughs> oh yeah with famulus you get it for free though so all right yeah i'm going to say it's close enough distance that you basically can get her back in to coordinate and that's actually the concern, is you've got, like, what is it, three gangsters, Chadley, Al, and Alex Abernathy. Yeah. And Raven, who's basically been waiting here quietly. You have a regular troop down here. And looking make at a over, hell of a break for it. You could make a break for it, or you could take advantage of that distraction and hope it goes well. Without the distraction, not, it's going to be pretty hard, I'll tell you that. I ain't too uh, keen on leaving uh, Chadley or any of my guys, or Raven, for that matter, at the mercy of this Drummond if we decided he ain't someone we want to talk with. On the other hand, when he does send guys down to check the car, and he finds nobody here, he's going to know something's up. Well, says Raven, the car isn't scheduled to be maintenanced for a day or two, but that fellow with two dogs knows we're here, so that's a risk already, so we probably should move. That's yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I don't, know the I don't get the feeling that Drummond actually knows who's in this, in this car, or if there even is anyone. I mean, why else would he be sending people around looking to see what's going on? He could have just ripped us up out of the floorboards or whatever. But he didn't. I think we still have the drop if we get out soon. Alright, look, Helena, you can have, uh, have Al do whatever you want, but, uh, he raises his voice so that Chadley can hear. Uh, Chadley and the rest of my guys, uh, when we get out of here, they're gonna keep, uh, you know, about a block's length behind us, 
and just sort of sit tight in case anything happens. You know, jump in if they see we're in any trouble, right? That makes sense to me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Raven, it's up to you. You can be with us or you can uh, hit the streets and see what you find on your own. Well, you asked me to be... You asked me to come with you, and we don't have any meeting place if we get split up. We don't have any haven. We don't have any transportation. So I think we'd better stay together until we get that sorted out. Yes? Fair enough. Uh, how you doing on, uh, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the hunger? I'm actually doing fine tonight, Tommy. Thank you for asking. Okay, so you stick with us, hopefully, with Helena and you. We got two pretty faces. Uh, maybe we can make a good impression on this guy at the pizzeria. You know, a good old negotiation tactic when you don't think breaking a leg will work. You just have a, a, a dame with nice gams there. Looking pretty, you know. Raven giggles and puts her hand over her mouth, and Helena, to, you're to the side of her. You can see her just kind of giving an ironic smile under there. <laughs> but straight on, it looks fairly simple. All right, Sam, do your thing. Make the dog, uh, make the dog bark, and the guy out there will uh, make a distraction for us. We can get out of here. Helena, you saw that you found the way up to the street, right? Uh, yeah. I will follow you then. She leads the way. Sam leans out the window, and uh, with the dogs in earshot, he starts whispering to them about a nice park where they're going to be going walkies very soon. <laughs> oh, the dogs are excited. The dogs start barking. The dogs have ripped their leashes and start heading that way. Trevor yells, and for a few seconds, the attention of the entire work the entirety of the work crews down in the train yard is on those escaping dogs. There's some laughter. Trevor gets some heckling, and in the chaos, a lot of you are able to slip out and get to street side without too much trouble. And once you do, you realize oh boy. You're not at home anymore. Yeah, Tommy just whistles You're as he sees the skyscrapers. The loop? In this era, they're still, uh... Short. They're still being constructed. And you can see high cranes stretching out along the bulk of the skyline. But it is a skyline that puts Dayton to shame. Most of the entirety of Dayton would fit in what people would call downtown Dayton would fit inside what people in Chicago call the loop. This is where several elevated trains make a... the tracks of them make a, a nice loop around it. You can see trains rumbling by overhead. You can see uh, cars filling the streets. I mean, Dayton, yeah, no, you'll see a car every few minutes this time of night. Here, they're non-stop. You can hear the clattering and chattering of machinery. You're out on, you're down by Canal Street. 
So across the water you can see the factories and shipping centers that are still going at this time of night. You are in a very big pond indeed. Now this is what I was expecting to see when I when I woke up tonight. Welcome to Chicago. So you have a number of choices. As discussed, you could go to the pizzeria. The directions he gave you, going on foot, it would take mo most of the hour to get there. There is also the option of swinging by a pawn shop that Ted knows, that, sorry, that Ted knows on the east side that he got the name of Contact, who deals in underworld affairs. Alternatively, if you wanted to spend a couple of hours trekking west, you could get the address that Tommy got of that ex-rum runner who runs uh, hideaways and shady business for folks who aren't directly in the game anymore. We keep Eddie's contact for a rainy day, just in case. I'm curious. I want to see what this guy at the pizzeria has to say to us and why he was so keen to make contact before Drummond did. Look, I, I don't know anything about this city, but it seems like he might be trying to give us a bit of a heads up about what's going on in the town. So I don't really want to go walking around for hours somewhere we don't really know with people who we don't actually personally have, have spent time with. Yeah, I concur. to go I meet this guy and kind of get a lay of the land. Look, Ed, I would trust Eddie with, with, with my life, you know. He raised me like he was like I was his own, but I ain't met any of his old friends, and, uh, well, you know, I'd rather not uh, introduce myself unless I have to. Uh, but, Ted, you, uh, you uh, know some people in these parts, as I understand it. Uh, I don't know them, but, uh, yeah, Frankie did give me a name about a guy who could maybe set us up. Set us up with a place to sleep. Mm, I think that's something we definitely need. So, uh, look, if that ain't on the way to the pizzeria, maybe we should split into two. Obviously, I go meet the guy because I set up the meeting. You go speak to your guy. No, at the moment, Ted had no idea where this pawn shop is, would he? <laughs> Um, you're given an address, but this is a bigger city than you were kind of expecting to deal with. It would take yeah. some time to find it. You've got some streetwise, so I mean, it's not impossible. I don't suppose they have like, uh, don't suppose they have like, uh, you know, uh, a newspaper machine, but it has maps in it or something like that, so, uh. You know, the marvels of the big city and all. It takes a little hunting around in trash cans, but you do dig up an elevated train map. Spend a day in Milwaukee. This is just the city. Should take a trip to the cream city of the West. Deluxe trains, dining cars attached. And it gives you about what you see in Albert Road. Tommy ponders the map and tries to scrape the bits of dirt and, and, and grime off parts of it 
from where it was in the trash can. And he says, so, uh, what's the address that your guy's at? Yeah, it takes a little bit to find it. It looks like uh, the pawn shop address is off of Northwestern and Clark. Not too far from Lincoln Park. And uh, the Italian restaurant is down by the stockyards. So we're going pretty much the way I see it, according to this map. Uh, Opposite two, directions. Two different directions. Split. So, uh, I don't know. I don't want to keep this guy waiting. Wouldn't be good to be late to the, you know, the meeting that I set up. Any ideas uh, how long your guy will keep us? Uh, not, not really. No. Hmm. Well, I know he's an old friend of, old friend of Frankie, so it should help us out. No, I well, you know, I ain't, a, I ain't exactly feeling nice about uh, suggesting we split up in a place like this, but I figure that's probably the best way to handle things. Tommy folds his arms. He says, "Well, I'm gonna head down to the pizzeria." Whoever wants to come with me can come with me, and I suppose the rest of you will go with Ted. Yeah, I got no complaints about that. All right. All right, that's the idea. So who's going with Tommy? Yeah, Raven, uh, you're, you're with me. Uh, you know, I gotta, you know... Oh, you capture yeah. everyone's attention on that stage uh, back in my casino. Uh. If you want me to back you up, I suppose I can. That's no worries. Uh, are we meeting at uh, that pawn shop that Ted's going to if things go poorly? Or do we want to set a rendezvous point at somewhere else? Bose, uh, we'll be getting a place to sleep, so we may as well meet with Ted afterwards. Your guy will be okay with that, won't he? Looks over at Ted. I guess we'll find out. Hey, well, if he don't, I I'm sure I can convince him, so... Uh... <laughs> now, thing is, uh... Like you right. said, Sam... This guy probably wants to give us a heads up, give us a, you know, a rundown on the skinny here in the city. Only thing is, you know me, I ain't exactly, uh, you know, the, uh, the bluntest tool in the drawer, as the saying goes. So, uh, I would really appreciate having someone along with me who can kind of figure out what the guy is stabbing at. Whether he means to use us and to what ends. Like, I reckon I should go with you. Alright. That leaves Helena. Where, which one do you want to go with, Helena? Hmm? Tommy. Tommy? Tommy, oh. Tommy okay. frowns. He looks over at Teddy. says, hmm, looks like you're on your own. Uh, That's your name, company. She said, you can see her sort of furtively glancing at Raven. 
Tommy, yeah, Tommy looks over at Raven. He says, tell you what, you go with Ted just in case, because I don't want any of us alone here in this city. That's actually a very good idea. Do take care of yourself. Helena tries to hide her disappointment. (laughs) All of you. She says to Helena, taking your hand for a second. Please be careful. Okay. And stay out of the light unless you're using the blush of life. They're more... Bigger city means more of us. Though notice... Tommy... Tommy just takes a drag of his cigar. Ah, good to know. Uh... Alright. And then she heads, links her arm with Ted's and uh, heads off to the north. Alright. And we'll handle that one first. Ted and Raven. It's a fairly, fairly easy walk up to Lincoln Park. There are... When you as well, as soon as you get out of the loop, the loop was fairly scarce on people, all things told. Most of the high buildings, the offices, and skyscrapers and companies, they aren't too busy during the night. But once you get off and on to Grand Avenue and down to down into Sedgwick, yeah, the the, the usual nightlife is there. People enjoying the muggy summer summer evening coming and going eating eating at restaurants watching plays heading out to more illicit things some of them there's a relaxed attitude and as it feels there's something you're realizing when you were in Dayton it was like there was this pressure there this tension and anger. None of that is here. People are carefree. They're enjoying the the beginning of the weekend. Things are good. And before too long, you're standing in front of a uh, somewhat nice shop with three golden warps hanging from that splayed... Uh, chandelier-style connector that most pawn shops in the Sierra have. Lights on inside. It's Putter's Pawn. And General Goods. The bell jingles as you come in. And uh, the short, white-haired man behind the counter kind of looks up shifts layers of lenses around on the jeweler's loop in his eye, kind of takes it out, replaces it with a thick pair of spectacles, and says, Yes? Oh, my. Is there something I can help you with? Uh, uh, Good evening. Uh, I was told... I was told by a, a... Palamine, Frankie, that uh, you'd be able to help us out. Oh. Well, I do offer cash for uh, item for items to be deposited until they can be returned. If that's what you're looking for. 
I do have a wide selection of things for sale. He says, gesturing at the like the knickknacks and mm. uh, bits of jewelry, some of which might even be real. The uh, hunting rifles on the wall, the six or seven guitars and various other instruments, including one accordion that has definitely, you know, been dragged behind a car at some point, judging by the scrapes and. Uh, if you'd care to peruse, or do you have something you'd like to sell in particular? <laughs> uh, when I was more in the market for... Uh, you were saying you'd be able to help us out with somewhere to stay for a bit while we're in town. Go and roll me a persuasion plus charisma with the penalties for uh, looking like a uh, thoroughly hideous corpse. Well, you could be mistaken for the living. I'll give you that. Not a corpse. But you're still yeah. hideous, my friend. Also. If you want, I'll let you substitute Streetwise for Persuasion. Uh, I will do that. Which is also trying to decide whether or not I want to risk boosting charisma. What's your hunger right now? Uh, that's three at the moment. Mm. God, how did Tommy get so lucky? <laughs> uh, I apparently burnt a lot more blood than I thought during that trip. Things got pretty hairy. Yeah. Literally, in one case. Uh, yeah, we're gonna risk it. Risk it for the biscuit. Oh, that's a success, so I don't get hungry. So that'll just negate that. We're all over quick. Damn. Okay, so it's just two successes. Two successes. He lays on the grandfatherly act, and in short order, you realize, oh, he, he's, he's hmm. basically trying to scrutinize you and see if you know. And see if uh, what you're implying is what he thinks it is. And you slip in a few words like, you know... You slip in a few code words you've learned from your rum... And finally he nods, comes out from behind the counter, and turns the sign around in the door and says, Well, let's come into the back room then. Uh, so are you looking for a place to lie low, is it? He says once you get back to the... Actually, surprisingly cleaner back room. <laughs> I don't normally deal in uh, safe houses, but I could possibly set something up if you've got the cash. Uh, Is that what you're looking for? I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember. Was it? No, it was Tommy's guy. Was the one with the like lake house or whatever, wasn't it? 
Tommy's guy had a house out in the wilderness. Yeah, that was right. And, then, and was yeah. a guaranteed haven. This guy was more like a contact for the local underworld. Oh, yeah. That said, you know. That's still. He's, he gives, with two successes, He get, you can tell he gives big fixer energy. Mm. If he doesn't have something, he can arrange it, but it'll cost, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you want to lie low for a while, that, that's possible. You do look fairly distinctive, so that uh, that's going to add to the cost. And looks a, looks a uh, fing, finger and uh, starts tapping things on an old NCR cash register. <laughs> One of the fancy ones done up in like Art Deco brass with a, gold, with a marble slab. Green coins against Uh, for the moment, yes. We're not sure how many, not sure how long we're going to be here for, but should hopefully only be a couple of days, at most. All right. I hope you don't mind me asking, but uh, with that accent, Irish. Irish, yeah. All right. So you won't want anywhere in the south side. I tell you that. Are you looking to do business with Moran? I guess Tommy didn't get a chance to tell the coterie about well, how the gangs work. With Ted Streetwise, yeah, he knows yeah, that. Yeah, probably know. Yeah. yeah, he was the right. North guy, wasn't he? And He's then Capone's the South. Guy, Irish mob. Yeah. yeah. Capone's enemy. And the fact that the fixer is asking this, uh, you could read you could read it one of two ways. Yeah. One, he's trying to find out how much heat he's gonna draw with you in town. Or two, he's fishing for info that he can resell later. Okay. Uh, eh, not at the moment. Hmm. All right, then. Just looking to lie low. Well, that makes things easier. Hey. Uh, he, ta he taps on the cash register nods a bit and says alright I'll ask $20 a day and if you come back here in an hour I'll make some phone calls between now and then and uh, give you a place that's uh, not too far off Logan Square Oof, that's expensive in mm. 1920s money he is asking quite a lot Tommy no, has asking... two dots in resources, though, which um, hopefully would be able to cover it if... Yeah. Ted would be aware of the fact that Tommy has resources. That's... Two <laughs> dots in resources could get you a couple of days if you spend it all on this. Yeah, that's partially what Ted's going for. He's like, he still understands, like, ooh, that's a lot, and he's just like, okay, I'm hoping between, like, yeah... <laughs> Between, Between and Tommy and the rest of the coterie, we can hopefully scrape that together. <laughs> Raven kind of leans yeah. in as he gets back to tapping and says, We could try to bargain if you wanted, or we could go with this. Here's your call. Hey, is there something you'd be willing to... Uh, what? Yeah, something we could do that would be... Give us a discount, would there? Well, uh, oh, well, I'd have to know uh, what your specialty is before 
we got into that. Are uh, you a stick up man? Are you a rum runner? Are you a safe cracker? <laughs> are you, uh, you look like a dark alley fellow, and I have to admit, I generally, most of the people around here generally don't outsource that. Doesn't pay really well enough for free agents, usually, unless you're really good. What's your racket, is what I'm asking. Uh, I don't really have one. But we we are traveling with someone who's into the, uh, the old rum running. Oh, and what's their name? Anyone I should know about? I wonder if this guy's heard of Tommy. Yeah, he's still there's still a moment where like he stops and thinks, and then sort of like looks to Raven, see if like how was she respond uh, like reacting. <laughs> oh, I'd say Raven probably knows Tommy well enough to know that if he sees an opportunity to drop his name, that he would. And Raven's kind of looking at Ted like with a and gives a shrug. She, she's like. Could be good or bad either way, honey. Yeah. And hey, it goes with Tommy. Okay. Tommy. Just Tommy. Uh, Tommy Hinton. Tommy Hinton. Tommy Hinton. <laughs> Don't think I know the name. Eh. That's all right. <laughs> You didn't tell me you were here on somebody else's behalf. Uh, how many people will we talking about? Uh, all right, and then there's those as well. God, how many people was it? Yeah, Tommy brought about like three men and Chadley. So that's four. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Helena's entourage consists of Al and Alex. So that's three His more. Name's Lexi now. Thank you. His name's Lexi now. So all told, you've got like eleven bodies and one dog. Is this a? Uh, well, so that should be about a dozen people. Sorry, ten people. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Ten people. Alright, I'll factor that in. That may affect the price a little. But I will definitely find you something. Thank you for telling. For Thank you for being honest with me. I will get you a uh, place to stay within an hour or two. Alright, that will be most helpful for us. You sure there's nothing else you need right now? Hey. Uh, well, I mean, as you said earlier, I'm earlier. I'm a bit of a, dis a distinct person. Any sort of, I don't know, hat or clothing or anything that maybe help with that. You know what? He says as he stands up and comes back with a fedora, not a trilby, a fedora. Yeah. I got this one in just this morning. It looks like it's about your size. And he hands you the wide-rimmed hat. On the house. 
Yeah. Well, thank you. As you, as you put it on, you can't help but notice the scent of blood. Just uh. so faintly. <laughs> right at the back where there's a small hole in the hat about the size of an ice pick. <laughs> and now, we'll bop back down to the other party. It's... If you looked up the definition of hole-in-the-wall joint, this would be in the a picture in the entry. It's down by the stockyards. It's one of the few restaurants out this way, and uh, judging by the faces your entourage your, and Al and, Al and Lexi are making in the back, we need to build a check on them, the smell is not too great. Yeah, not too ritzy, but, uh, you know... Yeah, the stock, it's more a factor of the stockyards being right over there. So long as there's people around... And, uh, you know, you know what they say when it comes to uh, restaurants and things like that. It's always the places that you wouldn't think are good that are good. And uh, and as you're walking, I'll come forward and kind of look over to uh, Helen and say, You want us inside or outside? Honestly, if we go inside, it'll be pretty much we eat, occupying every table at that restaurant. They'll probably want to see the fucking pizza. Whatever the hell they got. Outside's fine, I think. Inside? Alright. Perhaps over eagerly, Tommy just nods and he agrees with her. He says, eh, yeah, inside. And uh, you know what? Uh, while you're in there, order a pie for us all. The best one they got. Anything you want on it? Ah, jeez. Uh, you know, I think I put... Did, did, I, I, think, I think they put pepperoni on it. Maybe some anchovies, too. Ah, jeez, he's gonna be so good. It's interesting to know that this is kind of before pizza caught on in the States, but this... As you get I was wondering there, about that, actually. <laughs> as you get in there and look around, Dad, this, this is what looks like an authentic Italian place. It's not really pretentious. The paper, the check, you know, the checked tablecloths are fading and I've seen many stains. The candles at each table table were definitely have definitely been recycled many times but uh judging by the way every all your men are perking up it smells very good in here and from the plates the waitress is stacking they look big and smeared with plenty of sauce big portions run by actual italians Probably the best you're going to see in this day and age. And the waitress leaves off what she's doing, comes over, is all too happy to seat such fine people. Fine people. Yes, yes, okay. You eat, you eat here before? You must try the linguine. The linguine is best, of course. And give, me a, give me one of everything you got. I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, I'm from out of town and I want to see, you know, what the fuss is about, you know. In my circles, everyone's always talked about you go Family to Chicago. Style meal. Yes, yes, yes. Order for the table. Yes, she says, then stops and takes a double look at you. You're so pale. You put some color in those cheeks. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Tommy's smiling. Put some color in those cheeks. Oh, oh, you're so thin. 
she says, like, reaching over and taking Sam's bandaged shoulder. You're so thin. What you been eating? What you been eating? I feel like I'm at my nan's house. But... Give you some good bread. And she, like, pats your bandaged cheek, Sam. We give you some good bread. Yeah, Sam does his best not to make eye contact. And that's literally all he does. Normally is no dog, but you know his big party. You need your dog. Okay, we'll get the dog aboard. She is back to the kitchen. Federico! And there's a heavy spade of Italian. Lots of orders. You can hear the Italian equivalent of yes, dear, coming out every few moments in between tirades. Noting that she did say Tommy looked pale, he is going to take this opportunity to make two rouse checks to yeah, reactivate his blush of life. That cigarette's starting to wear off. He'll light another one while he's at it, and thankfully doesn't, you know, you can smoke indoors in this day and age. And thankfully he doesn't get hungrier from those two rouse checks. As he tries to make himself well, you look are less lucky. pale. Yeah, I'm I don't know why I'm not getting hungrier tonight. I'm so hungry too. That's all good. That must be been some good goblin bed. Yeah. Okay. Helen and Sam, do you wish to apply the blush of life as well? Okay, question how easily does Helena get off with just being seen as normal considering that she's very good looking? Well, the, that's kind of the problem, is that she gets looked at a lot. She draws too much attention, people like, look at the detail, yeah, right, she's it's definitely going yeah, so, to. So eventually somebody knows, hey, she's eating. not breathing. <laughs> yeah, that's, for that matter. that's fair, I would be the, I would be the thirsty horror staring at the cute girl. So. Thing. Yeah. You don't breathe, they don't heave. Okay, well, she doesn't get hungrier. Okay. Sam. And, like, knowing the type of restaurant we're in, like, the chef's probably going to be, like, sticking their head out every two minutes to see if we're eating or not, so... Yeah. Sam, it's your call. You could maybe get away with it. You're bandaged. You've got that I was in the World War One and have injuries look. But, you know, it's... This is also a place seems to take pride in its food, so... They might take exception if you don't eat. Your call. Well, that's a tricky one. Uh, Sam hasn't eaten real food in years. Yeah. And has trouble with it, frankly. I mean, we all do. <laughs> no, I mean, like, emotionally. <laughs> ah, yes. um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah to keep his cup into a blush of life. Alright. He's not happy about it. Up until she pinched your cheek, you were like, I could probably get away with no, 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 no. She's gonna come pinch uh, it again. <laughs> she Finally, can come get a real it feels a bit too leathery. Yeah. Does Sam get a blush of life isn't gonna blush of life isn't gonna stop him from being leathery. Uh no, that was a failure, so he gets uh second dot of hunger. Second dot well that's not too bad. You can't help but linger upon the plump waitress as she goes about her business and man, how much blood she's got. Surely she wouldn't miss a little. She's got so much. What she's gonna? What is she gonna do with all that blood anyway? Just, just eat cheese. Make it thicker. You thin it out for me. But you chase it away as you wait. And Sam, as uh, you know, the part, the group, your groups are chowing their way through uh, pretty much an opening of breadsticks and uh, minestrone. And as the appetizers are being brought out and uh, you're racking up what's probably a good amount of bill for the food, 
Sam, you're the one who hears, who feels your dog perk up as you hear something bark outside, and to you, you understand the words, Come. Come. Come out. Wait, so Sam could hear somebody summoning his dog? Yes. Sam's going to peer out through the window, then. Do you want to tell it to stay, or do you want to let it happen? Peering out through the window. But he will look out. Peering out through the window. Across the way, there is a uh, tenement, and sitting on the stoop is what looks like a beggar, a tall figure covered in, uh, despite the hot weather, covered in old clothing with a hat pulled down low over its face. And it almost looks like a... It's like you wouldn't normally take two looks at it. You've seen a few since you've come down this way. Except it's beckoning with its fingers as it's saying that, and those fingers are way too long. Uh, Sam's going to, without breaking contact, like eye contact, mention to the group, looks like our guy's here. And, and the door... Sorry, go on. Yeah, he's going to relieve himself and step outside. And the door... Now your dog precedes you. You can tell it's going slowly and looking back at you, but the call is proving too much to resist. Mm. Is anyone following Sam? Tommy will. But first, you know, first he's going to excitedly take a slice of that pizza pie. He rubs his hands together, looks really eagerly at it, and pizza hasn't caught on in this country yet, but his whole life, Tommy's wanted to try a Chicago pizza because he knows this is how Capone eats. This is how the gangsters eat. This this is where deep dish style pretty much starts in the States, I think. So yeah, I don't know the exact timeline of it, but we'll say, what the fuck, pizza's a thing here. And so he sinks his teeth excitedly into the piece of pizza and For the first time, his heart yearns for the days when he could see the sun as this pizza that he's waited his whole life to try just tastes like ash in his mouth. Well, you got blush of life going so it doesn't taste like ash, but the flavor is muted. Well, I am also low humanity, though. Oh, yeah. This is... You're crunching on... Styrofoam. There's nothing here. He clenches we ma- you know, the, the, the season marinara is just salty. Like old oil from a filter. He just clenches his fist and visibly trembles on the spot. And then he turns to Chadley and the others and he says, Just uh, did, finish it off for me, boys. And then he Refer- follows... Follows Sam outside. Is Helena going out as well? Yeah, she would. Alright. And, uh... Yeah. You see, uh... Sam's Mastiff happily trotting across the street to a figure... figure in tattered rags. 
that have been sorted in layers with a hat pulled low and you can see now that you're closer a bit of a hood pulled over under the hat and long fingers scritching the dog good boy you hear the figures say as you approach good boy yeah And then it looks up as you as you come closer. And you see a narrow face pinched, slightly pointed ears under the hood for all the world. He looks like Count Orlock did in that film you saw when you went to visit the Anarchs. He looked that Nosferatu film. He's got a tiny little mouth with two pinched fangs, almost rat-like, descending from it. You are new here, yes. Yes? I assume we have you to thank for the uh, warm welcome. You owe me boon for saving you. A boon? Uh... Yes. Okay, so what did you save us from in that case? Because as I understand it, Drummond is the one who controls the uh, the railway here. But you... Yes. But you did not come to the station. Your car went under the station. Did you come to see Drummond? Because most who come to see Drummond, they come in and are met in the station. We, uh, well, we didn't come with the intention of seeing Drummond, but, uh, you know, we was arriving by train. And, you know, where we came from, there's a guy what oversees the trains. And so I figure, you know, if we're out of town, as the respectful thing would be to see the guy who uh, runs the train, since that ha that's how we came in. So... Guess what I'm trying to say is I don't really understand why we needed to be saved. Hmm. If you had gone to see Drummond, his people would have told you to come and meet the prince. Do you wish to go and meet the prince? The prince, uh... He looks at Sam and Helena. Do we want to meet the prince? I mean, I thought we was trying to keep a low profile. No, low profile. That was the entire plan. That's why ah. we took the rail car. Then yes, you owe me a boon. Sure. Because if you Whatever. had been found... Drummond would have known. Well, if we owe you a bone, then I suppose the least you could do is uh, tell us who you are and what your game is. I'm Tommy Hinton, by the way. Tommy holds out his hand, and he does have his presence on, as he always does in these situations. Figure stands, and it is. He is tall. He is at least seven foot, if he's an inch. And the long arms and fingers take your hand with care, cold against the temporary warmth that you've got going. I am called Yorgis. 
and you do not wish to meet the prince. It is wise. No, we're... Uh... Those friendly to his court travel, they call ahead, they have arrangements, they are met in places elsewhere than in Union Station. Only ones who use Union Station now are ones who don't care for the corruption that is the Gamarilla. Well, uh, Tommy completely oblivious. commands Drummond to put his eyes there. Tell me who comes in on your train, Drummond. In that case, uh, Tommy completely oblivious to the fact that Sam and Helena's true allegiance is to the cam just says, We, we, uh, we ain't no friends of the cam. Let's put it that way. We're in town because we're looking for someone, and when we find her, we're out of here. We ain't planning on sticking around. I see. And who is it you seek? Woman by the name of Lib. Lib Hedges. Hmm. I see. Where it is, she came to this town pretty recently. And what will you do when you find these sleep hedges? Find her. Try and understand exactly what's going on. She left a bit of a mess back home, and we need as much information as we can. Maybe even convince her to come back. Talk to her, retrieve her. I see. And she's a, you know, she's an anarch, if that weren't obvious. Let's make it clear, we don't mean her any harm at all. We're friends. She's, uh, she's required back home. Turns out she, uh, jumped the gun, left a little bit too early. Okay. Tommy and Sam. Go ahead and give me charisma and persuasion rolls. I may add my presence to this, of You course. absolutely may. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, plus another... Two successes from Sam. Wait and see. And that's uh, eight successes for Tommy. You, you wish only to talk, speak with Lib. Or speak, uh, persuade her to return home. That is all you wish, yeah. Only, uh, only temporarily, yeah. We, we, we ain't gonna harm her. Look, Tommy sighed. What if she, what if says, she said no? Well, here's the thing. She knows me, Tommy Hinton, and uh, all her interests back home, she sort of let them all fall into my lap. And uh, I'm basically keeping the, her spot on the seat warm until she comes back. So uh, let's just say that uh, this is... Something that'll interest her on a personal level, because if she don't listen, don't want to listen to what we have to say, then, uh, well, I ain't gonna be able to keep her seat on the, I ain't be able to keep her spot on the seat warm for much longer. I owe a lot to Lib, I wanna do the right thing by her, and that's why I'm here, because somebody's trying to get at what she spent years building up, see? I believe you. 
see. I think hmm, we'll have to go and speak of this to others. But I think I shall not tell anyone beyond those I must trust that you are here and what you are doing. I think yeah, that's appreciated. Very, I think you must step very carefully while you are here. I think you once you are done eating, you should probably leave. This is Prosets territory. The edge, of it, yeah. the edge of it, yes. He is, he is Bruja, he is strong, he is Camarilla. So what's, Bruja, uh, well, what's your stake in this game? Who are you with? Anarch, I'm assuming, since you know Lib is, but... A tall finger just kind of presses against your lips. Let's say the words so loudly. I'm just you, I guess, is all. And I have yes. friends who do not like what happened in 1913. I have friends who do not like Heinz betrayal. I mean, you know, based on what I... What Balthazar's I, uh... betrayal. Balthazar, right. I, uh, that name sounds sinister, but uh, what yes, I was trying to say is, uh, you know... You know, we definitely don't want to run into the sheriff in that case. I will speak of you to people who may help. We must meet again, though, not tonight. Okay, so I got another question for you, then. On account of us, uh, on account of you, uh, you know, not being friends of the cam and all. And Tommy leans in, and as he leans in, he slides down his collar, revealing the Unk necklace around his neck. And he says, you seen this before? Yurgis looks at, looks at you, says, I have no idea what that means. Interesting. Tommy it's smiles. It's, uh, it's a symbol of my clan. We'll leave it at that. If you don't know what it is, then... Well, that makes me feel more swell about being here. Tells me you ain't gonna suddenly sell me out. We meet tomorrow night. Midnight, McKinley Park. You McKinley Park. You should find place to stay. You should get out of Proset territory. The Loop, Venturu are strong there. Loden's Bird strong there. The South Side, Proset strong there. Proha strong there. Go to Cicero. Don't go Cicero. The Wolf Pack hunts Cicero. Gang we got a guy working on. Many. We we got a guy working on getting us a place to sleep. So, uh, where is safe to go? North side. I I hear that's where uh, that's where Moran has his turf. Moran? Oh, 
the model, eh? He shrugs. He does his thing. He is better than Capone because he does not use the process. The things Capone does to women are not good. Uh, I think North Side is good, but beware. Stay out of the residences. O'Leary and her cursed son hunt there. Right. right. They are the mad ones. If they spot you, they will play with you. Mad like, uh... He looks over at Helena and he shrugs. He says, mad like, uh... Malkavian? Yes, yes, the Malkavians. Tommy doesn't understand. He looks confused. He says, well, you know, Helena ain't so bad. You know, she ain't, uh, played with anyone, as far as I can tell. She looks sheepish. Actually, no, she wouldn't look sheepish. She, she, um, she's not fully conscious of what she's doing at the moment. And he, he nods and says, McKinley Field, midnight, tomorrow. And he looks at Sam. If you wish to come early, you can. Yeah, I'll see you there. Thanks for your help. It's actually made things uh, a lot cleaner for us. Those who travel here without Drummond's approval. Not too many ways to get in. Tracks are watched. You took a great risk by doing these. Yeah, the risk is uh, pretty high, but we have a good reason. He nods. Lifts his hand and your dog returns to you eagerly. Then he stands and kind of heads back into an alley. Kind of fading as he goes. Into the shadows. Well, that worked out well. Yeah, Shockingly I, uh, well. we owe him a bone. I ain't too happy about that, but on the other hand, it sounds like he did us a solid. Yeah, I actually don't see a downside to this. He's gonna tell us where Lib is, and uh, he didn't know what a setite is, so I don't think he's about to sell us out. And we know which parts of the city are safe and which ones to stay away from. So, yeah, yeah I agree. Tommy kind of looks amazed. He's, he, he's silent for a moment. But then he just shakes his head and he says in disbelief, I, uh, I made us a good decision for once, huh? Yeah, I, get on. I've been working really hard lately, and I, I recognize that. Yeah, Sam's not very good at being a good friend, but... I'm trying. just trying to get us out of this situation we're in, so I can go back to doing what I was doing before. Right, well, I, I hope that Ted had some success with finding us somewhere to stay. I don't really fancy, like, Falling out and spending time under a bridge or something. 
speaking of that, Ted, is there anything you'd like to do while you're waiting for the pawnbroker to uh, get back to you? Or are you happy just passing time and waiting? I feel like we might as well finish off the food that we ordered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, for the moment he's going to, yeah, just lie low and stay in town. As they head back in to finish off the food, Tommy just sort of stands, hangs his head, and says, Ah, I'll just be waiting out here, finishing off this cigar. Yeah. I'd Give rather not time. pull on my heartstrings again. Ted. While you're waiting and strolling around a few of the nearby streets, because the pawnbroker did push you out while he was uh, tending mm -hmm. to business, and, and he is open late. So he has regular customers, and he says, saying, eh, kind of, just in case I don't want anyone uh, catching on, given that you're in the business. No. But he basically makes some excuses and hushes you out. While you're taking a stroll, Raven kind of perks up Without a word, starts heading east through Lincoln Park. Uh, you found something there? She doesn't reply. Picks up speed. Almost jogging. Uh, yeah, Turtle, like, keep following her, trying to keep up. Does it seem like, sort of like she's been, like, mind, uh, yeah, I guess, like, dominated or something like that? Like, something else is pulling her, or? Give me an insight, this yeah. wins. Uh... Uh, we'll see how we go. Uh, that is a bestial failure. <laughs> and they're all hunger dice, so I can't reroll. <laughs> okay. Mm. Raven? Raven, stop! You command, but she does not. Raven! You roar and launch after her. And when... Uh, uh, when the when a beggar staggers to his feet and is, it's like, Oh, hold on there, buddy. What's going on? You pretty much shove him so hard you he into a tree as you to get him out of the way that you hear ribs cracking. And a horrified ah! cry of pain. As you blitz by him without, without hesitating, take a stain. Ooh. And uh, you catch up with her on the edge of Lake Michigan as she's staring out across the great dark water. She turns to you with horrified eyes. Do you hear that? Tell me you hear that. 
I don't hear anything, no. She blinks, shakes her head. It's it's gone now. I felt like something very big was calling me. After finishing your Italian food, it's a nice... It actually uh, is a fairly uneventful trip. It's about 10, about maybe... 10, 11 at night this this point. The streets are starting to clear out a bit. You do notice the entourage behind you getting a couple of looks and people steering clear of them. Turns out lots of men carrying uh, instrument cases and various long bits of luggage are enough to draw some attention in Chicago during this time period. Hard to say why. Just as it's reaching the point where you're starting to worry about the attention you're getting, you you look up and see the uh, pawn shop sign and two familiar figures waiting for you on a bench ah, across the street. Raven, Ted, uh, there you are. Uh, Tommy looks over his shoulder out of the park in the direction of the pawn shop. He says, yeah. Uh, Sure, this was the right place. It uh, don't look uh, like much special, I gotta say. Yeah, it was the right, the right place, yeah. So yeah. you got us, uh, got us a place to bunk up in during the day for all the men too. Hey, city will, will be working something out. The only thing is, though, it's going to be costing us about $20 a day. Tommy winces for a moment. He says, uh, then he shrugs. He says, ah, you know, I'd rather take that than be suckered into another bone, I suppose. So, yeah, we can make that work. We ain't going to be here that long anyway. We got a lead on Lib. And all goes well, we should be able to find her to end of tomorrow night and be on our way back back home yeah assuming she listens to us and we get it all done and started in just one evening yeah there is that but uh I'm hoping that uh given that she uh put me in control of Haymarket that she'll be willing to at least listen to what I got to say and see our point of view but that's a good question. Are we gonna tell her about, uh, you know, the the heebie-jeebies going on in Dayton, the, the the ghost that's slowly driving everyone to the point of killing each other? Pretty much, we can just tell her about what happened with the magic man, and you know, everything's falling politically. Everybody's at each other's throats, even without all the weird stuff going on. It's uh it's gonna be a bloodbath sometime soon. I'm sure really she can at least appreciate that. Leave. I just hope, uh, I just hope she left because, you know, she thought it was the right time and not she left because, you know, she's on the lam and somebody in Dayton's got it in for her because that's going to make things much harder. The only thing we can really do is ask. 
So Tommy fills Ted and Raven in on the meeting with Jürgen and what Jürgen told us. Jürgis, yeah. Yeah, Jürgis. What do you think? Uh, guys sound trustworthy to you? Great. Lucius is a great, pretty good judge of character. Seem to like him plenty. Yeah, uh, yet he didn't go running out the moment the guy moment the guy called though. Raven Something about up. him that he didn't like. It makes sense that both sides would have people watching the trains. Well, yeah. Well, you know, knowing that this Drummond guy apparently works for the prince, uh, I ain't regretting that we, you know, skipped out on him. And that's a question, actually. How are we going to leave this place? Yeah, I suppose if the guy's There's got no his eye on the here. trains. Yeah, well, I mean, didn't the uh, know somebody? But if he doesn't, I don't know. Didn't the uh, the work notice on the carriage say that uh, they're going to finish work in was it two days, three days, and send the carriage back to Dayton? Let's go in the same boat we came in. Thing is, if they're working on it, and I suppose Drummond would be the one who uh, put the work order in. They're gonna find the places where we're supposed to bunk down Hell during no. the day, and they're gonna make I do it recall hard. recall the work order was put in, put in from Dayton. Ooh. Yeah, the, the work order was put in from Dayton. I think wait, in wait, that wait. case, we can kind of assume that the dandy's watching our backs and ensuring we get back to one piece. Yeah, I suppose. Only yeah. this Drummond guy is probably gonna wanna find out what was in the car that came into his station. And he, you know, if he works for the prince and all, I don't know what kindred are like in this town, but I don't think he, uh, I don't think he'd let something like a work order stop him from sending people to take a look around and. All you gotta do is look inside the car, it's pretty obvious that that's what we, you know, who we are and what we're doing here. We, I made sure to clean up before we left, says Al. I mean, Aldo knows that there was people on the car, but it's a passenger car, yeah. And let's not forget, we, uh, we almost ended up, uh, Ended up surrounded by fire and brimstone, you know, took a train to hell. And uh, that Satan spawn said he was working with the master of the trains. Raven and Al look at each other and your men look confused as well. But uh, it did occur to you that, yeah, the thing that called itself a demon, hey, that basically implied it was a demon, said that the witch had contracted with it and the master of the trains. So, that in mind, yeah. uh, I don't know if it's gonna be as safe getting out the way we got in. That, of course, does open up the question of how do we get back, and I'm thinking that's when I finally contact Eddie's friend, you know, old Rumbrunner, He's probably got a truck or a car or something, 
and he knows the best roads we can take yet cross country without drawing any attention depending on how things go with the carriage that might be our best bet but i have to say let's, though let's keep an eye on it keep an eye on the carriage maybe we'll check in on it and just see but uh I don't know, I don't feel comfortable bedding down in that carriage again. In, just in case we wake up to yet another surprise. Al perks up and looks over at Helena. I have money and rail yards are always looking for workers. If you want, I can slip in and uh, do my share. Keep an eye on stuff down there, if you want. Oh, he bribes you? to grease the wheels so nobody asks too many questions. All right. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Oh, yeah. I'll go get a hotel room and line this up then. I suppose Look, you would I have done a... that a lot with Morgan, eh? I got a question about, uh, Sam gestures to the house about these, uh, lodgings. Can we trust this guy who, uh, acquired this for us? Well, Last thing I want to do is wake up with a stake in my chest. Raven looks over to you. Well, we could go in and ask it. You could ask him yourself. He, uh, Say it's been a few hours, and he said it'll be a few hours. So. Yeah, I guess so. Looks like he's some kind of fixer, from what I can see. You know, handles safe houses for crews from out of town. Yeah, he probably knows who I am. Did you drop my name? I I mentioned you, but he uh, didn't seem to ring any bells with him. Hey, what? What? See, the thing with. The thing with fixers is they tend to work for somebody and fix things for a certain side of the fence. Get what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe, maybe it ain't such a bad thing he ain't heard of me, but, you know, I'm with Sam. Let's, uh, let's scope this out and make sure it's safe, because, uh, apparently there's a lot of people we need to be careful of in this town. At least he, he didn't, at least he didn't put us somewhere on the south side, right? Please tell me that. Yeah. No, yeah, I, yeah. I said not the south side, didn't I? Yeah. When we were making London. Yep. You mentioned with that accent, south side's probably out. Yeah. All right. Long story short, you head back into the shop, and he smiles as the and the old elderly man smiles as the door rings. Hold it. I think it's like he's short. He's mm -hmm. short. Got a poof big kind of poof of gray beard and kind of a receding hairline that creeps up to halfway up his scalp and hair that sticks out like just in all directions behind it. It's like, oh, welcome back. And you would, and I'm, I expect that you would be Mr. Hinton then. Pleased to make your acquaintance. Tommy straightens his coat and his hat, turns on his presence, holds out his hand and says, I, yeah, I'm Tommy Hinton. I come from Dayton. I'm surprised you haven't heard of me, but I oh, suppose I don't have now. many. Touche. Mm -hmm. And I'll cut. I'll cut to the chase. The fact that there's a warrant on you down in Ohio means the price is going to go up a little bit. Warrant? Ah, yeah, I suppose. Uh, I did do that job a couple years ago. Uh, look. How about we make a deal? Okay. Because Ted said $20 a night, and that's already, quite yeah. frankly, very expensive for... Uh, it was, 
you might see it that, but then, but the, given the warrant and a few other things, um, I'm afraid we're looking at 30 now. Tommy frowns and he says, Look, uh, quite frankly, I think 30's uh, pushing it a bit. Let's make a deal, okay? You've heard of me, you know who I am, you know what I deal in, and I notice, he says, looking around, looking at all of the wares on display, that you uh, traffic in certain commodities yourself. Now, I happen to uh, have a few outstanding favors, and my name still carries some weight back home, and... Uh, Roll me a uh, manipulation plus persuasion. Yeah. As you haggle. <laughs> manipulation plus persuasion. Let I'm me. Afraid. Presence won't add into no, this. It will this not. Is the bottom because... line. Three successes. Uh, the fact is, there's a. Uh, the Dayton territory is being negotiated, is what I hear. The well, the Southside mob's got a new lead in the area, a big roller down there who's handling their liquor, so there ain't much there I want to mess with in that area. Because if I did that, Moran would be on my ass, and that's way too big business for me. Well, um, uh, let's, uh... So, but, yes, but I can I'll tell you what. I see from what I look over at your men that some of those instrument cases probably ain't holding instruments. Yeah, you'd be right on so that. So if you give me two out-of-state guns that don't have serial numbers that are in any police notepads in this area, two long arms, shotguns, or if you got bigger, one of those, I'll bump it back down to 20 a night. Tommy looks over at his men and he says, You guys got got your six shooters in your jackets there? Yeah, I do. They have two to they have two Tommy guns, two shotguns, and each of them are packing pistols. Alright boys, put the uh, put the instrument case on the counter here. Uh not on the counter, back room. And he leads you back. You're the man. Okay. Are you willing to give up a couple of long arms? Yeah, Tommy will give that up. He insists on one Tommy gun and one shotgun. And he seems very happy. All right. $20, and I'll give you the keys and the address. Tommy shakes his hand, sealing the deal, and he says, uh, From this point on, there will be a boy coming around to collect the money at noon every day. Now, just so I understand it, this pawn shop you're running, that's a legitimate business? You're not, uh, you're not fencing stuff fell off the back of the truck? This is an extremely legitimate business, sir. Right, okay. In I can't say anything about my brother. No heat on any of the stuff in here? No, no cops brown-nosing? Absolutely nothing. Tommy's. These will be going to another if individual I trust with my life. Who, if you're ever looking for anything more, eh, let me know and I can pass it on. Tommy smiles and he's 
His sedite blood surges inside him. He's going to indulge his sedite nature just a little bit, and his presence still active. He says, Soul, it'd be the perfect place for me to uh, offload some things that have uh, been sitting around in the storage room in the back of my casino a while, huh? Well, if your casino's in Chicago, hey, or if, hey. you wanted, if you wanted to send a moving truck up. It ain't, but I got ways uh, I can get my stuff up here, and uh, you sell it through this store. We uh, make a split, uh, 30-70, and you work for me. Uh, Chicago's a fair long way from Dayton, but uh, if it... Well, working's a big of a term, but I'd be happy to help you out whenever you're in town. Tommy nods, he says, and uh, if we're making a deal and we're going to have an ongoing working relationship in that case, then uh, I suppose it'd be fair to knock the price down to 15 a night, maybe? No, sir. Call this the trial period. Trial period. Right. All right. You got it. We shook on 20, we'll keep it on 20. 20 it is. Alright, when I get back home, I'm gonna bundle some stuff up, I'm gonna send it your way, and you get it out on the street. Sounds like a plan. Always happy to do business. And he ends over the key and address. Just so we're clear, Nobody else knows about this safe house you're sending us to. Nobody is going to come knocking. A very good friend of mine knows that I'm talking to you tonight. He knows who you are. And he knows to send a boy around tomorrow. And the next day if you're there after that. And the next after that. Hmm. Tommy looks at the others. He says... And the We're only reason a... he knows this, sir, is because I don't know you yet, and I didn't want to be oh, like, oh, nobody else knows, and then have you shoot me in the face. And he, he's collecting the money every day, right? The boy? The boy will be collecting the money. If it comes up short, well, then our business will be done, and I'm afraid I'm going to have to send people to kick you out. Tommy looks at the others. We're trying to keep a low profile, right? We fine with this, uh, this, this messenger boy coming by every day to collect the money. Maybe eyeballing us. What you do in there is none of your business. What you do outside of there is none of my business. Long as you don't cause trouble or tear up the place or start firing off guns around it, I don't care. None of you were worried about this uh, messenger boy being, you know, intercepted. I mean, if he's the only one who knows knows where it is, I don't really have a problem. Like, if the man says that we're going to do a business, and he says that this is secure, I think we should probably trust him on it. So Tommy's going to rouse the blood. <laughs> see if he gets hungrier. He does get hungrier. Goes up to hunger three. But Tommy's going to rouse the blood. He's going to activate his entrancement. 
and he's going to look the little pawn shop owner in the eyes and smile and say, I'm guessing we're going to be here at this stage, yeah, let's say three nights. He reaches into his coat. So we are oh. 60 big ones. I give them to you right now, and you don't mention to this friend of yours that we're even here yet. Say, uh, say we're running oh. late or something. Well, if you wanted to pay in advance, that's no problem. That's, that's actually a bit easier. In and Carl doesn't. Carl doesn't need to know you're in yet. I'll just men. I'll just mention to him after three nights are up, or unless you want to come back and renew the relationship. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. Things go as I'm expecting. We'll be long gone. Won't even need the full three nights. Right. But you know, That's best a to pity. be safe. Chicago's a nice town. I could tell you where to get some good women. I could tell you where the best speakeasies are. I could get you some. Well, if you're looking for some of that prime Turkish hashish, I got a source there. Yeah, well, I tell you what, that uh, deep dish pizza you're so famous for it uh, wasn't all it cracked up to be. So, uh... careful. Who you who careful who let you hear say that? Who see hears you say that? So, say that on the south side. Mm. Sign in your death warrant. <laughs> Tommy tips his hat again, and he says, "It's a pleasure doing business with you. My crew and I shall find uh, the accommodation satisfactory. And if there's anything you can do for me." You can come and find me and let me know. Well, and I will give you my undivided this, attention. This I can do for you, he says. Since I had to inquire about your name, if I hear it come up again, I'll let you know. Much appreciated. All right. And he'll happily talk you off for as long as you let him. Yeah. You are Tommy lets him, the best friend in the world for, you know, about 10 more minutes. Tommy lets him talk a little bit, but after like 30 seconds, he kind of gets bored of it and he just <laughs> shrugs and wanders off back out into the street, leaving the rest of the coterie to deal with the guy. All right. Uh, just, uh, just before they leave, Ted sort of has a moment of like, Oh, right, and it's just like, Hey, do you know anything about a Remus fella, do you? Remus? Yeah, actually, that's the name of the fellow who Capone hooked up with. He's got some, he's a big southern supplier. He's given Capone's boys the edge on the uh, north side mob at the minute. It's causing a real big shakeup. Where it is, he's also sent, where it is, that's why, uh, Moran's retaliating. Moran denies it, but he's sending uh, folks down to try and block Capone's shipments. Real vicious, too. There's been guys with their throats torn open. Corpses cooling on the side of the road. Police find them in the morning. Hmm. Where it is, Capone's pissed. So, if you're here to do stuff on Remus's shipments, I don't don't tell me. I don't want to know. But if you're here to help with the problem, then Moran's the one to talk to, because he's denying things. And if this keeps up, it's going to be war. 
Okay, that's good to know. Capone's spitting mad, too, but uh, he's a little more insular about who he works with. So if you want to approach him, you best have your references in order. And maybe that Tommy fellow along. He's real nice. I bet he could talk some sense into Capone. <laughs> I'm sure he could. Yeah, but if you want to talk with Moran, if you want to know where Moran or Capone hang out, I could tell you that. But there'd be a bit of a fee, and you didn't hear it from me. <laughs> well, here you all have my number, and there's a phone in the uh, shop, so... You're going to a shop, by the way. What well, used to be a shop. Got an apartment above it. Nice basement to store things in, that kind of thing. Okay. Did I? I'll have a think on it and give you a call if I do. Alright. He waves you out, smiling as he does. And you make your way. About half hour across town. You men are grumbling a bit. They're getting a bit tired of walking, but... Uh... Fuck it up, boys. We don't have long to go, okay? And at, at poor, poor Lexi is absolutely puffing. He <laughs> is looking three sheets to the wind. He's this kid lost blood a few nights ago. Probably and the longest he's much been exercise out, in his life. Probably the longest he's been outside of that swanky car of his, right, Helena? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. After getting a look at the address that you're going to, Al nods at you. I'm going to get off and start working on that thing then. See if I can't get our route out. Good luck, huh? Be careful. Tell you what, uh, take... Uh... And, he and if he offers you a hug, Al. <laughs> yeah, why not? With Lexi there. <laughs> Is he gonna oh, Lexi's glaring daggers. She takes it with but, a plum. But with his back to back to Tommy, he says, if anything happens, you get the fuck out of there and go to that grand hotel that we saw on the way up, all right? You look after yourself, you can leave the rest to fucking die if it comes to it. This place is dangerous. And then, it, then he kind of backs off and uh, starts on his way. Good luck. I have the utmost of faith in you all. Hey, take Chadley with you. Better than him uh, sitting around doing nothing. And, you know, he's dumb as bricks. He'll help sell the, uh, you know, Chad tell the hurt. story. <laughs> all right. Yeah, come on. I need somebody to play poker with anyway. You'll do. Sir, yes. Sir, says Chadley, giving you a wounded salute and heading off with him. The address in Logan Square. It's actually a pretty big plaza. The square itself. Lined with little shops, a few of which are currently boarded up or undergoing renovation. The one you're looking at uh, it's hard to say what it was. Most of that's been stripped away. But the key opens uh, 
the door into a place where, with faded lines where glass counters used to sit. There are blinds across the windows. And the room below offers little clue of what once was here. But in the small back room, there's a staircase up and down. Down below goes to a basement and a storeroom. Which uh, has doors that open directly out onto the sidewalk for deliveries. Doors in the ceiling and a uh, small crankable lift. For boxes, for boxes where one's hoisted up and down. Upstairs leads to a double apartment with a single door separating the both of them and windows that look out onto the street. It, And you note, with sinking hearts, mm. it doesn't currently look sudproofed. It's got curtains, it's got bed frames, it has some mattresses on the floor that look fairly fresh. You are literally going to the mattresses here. I mean, we don't particularly need mattresses to sleep on, but I'm not sure how useful they would be for soundproofing the room. You did mention there was a basement. You did, yes. Yep. There is a basement storeroom, which, well, looks darker than this place will be at noon. But it is clear it'll need a little bit of furnishing and care to mm. proof things. Alright, Raven, uh, let's say this is the first time I've uh, had a haven that's not my office, and I'm not really uh, used to, uh, you know, making it so the sun don't shine through during the day. Uh, if I asked you how you would go about doing it, uh, how, where would you start? Well, we've got four or five hours left before dawn, and I'm used to doing this a lot more, so I'd say probably the best case is the easiest ways, since most shops aren't open now, is to go out and steal some lines worth of laundry, wad it up, put it in the cracks. Yeah. It's not great, but it'll get us through the night. We can work right. on it after that if we want to. I, I can go tend to that if you want. Sam, do you want to come with? Yeah, sure. Why not? Nothing else I can do here, I think. Eleanor, you don't mind uh, sleeping on a on the floor, do you? Not at all. Alright, uh help me get one of the help me get these mattresses off and we'll push them up against the windows. Lexi! You're going for the upstairs? Alright. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, Helen. Oh. Uh, um, Tommy knows the basement's okay. probably easier, but he's also doesn't want to be in the basement in case somebody tries to burn the place out again, like what happens at... There's uh, also the connotations of things that happen in basements that Tommy keeps talking about. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. not like Chicago's a city known for fires. Come on now. <laughs> All right. You have four or five hours before dawn. You get the mattresses are easy to roll off and get in front of the windows. With the curtains pulled, there's not much to see that's noticeable from outside. Should be fine. Well, Sam's spoken for. Does anyone else want to do anything before dawn? 
Does Sam Tommy... want to do anything before dawn? Doesn't take too long to steal some clotheslines. Not in particular. He's going to be thinking about what's going to be happening when he goes um, uh, to meet their contact a little early tomorrow. Tommy's going to hunt. All right. Go ahead and That's give me not a, a bad idea. <laughs> see. Yeah, right. so I suppose Ted, Ted should as well. Well, the good news, Ted, is you're not too far from the canal, so your normal feeding methods... Well, from the Chicago River, your, your normal feeding methods are good. But Tommy, how are you going about it? Yeah, so I'm an extortionist, and I don't believe it would be very easy to find someone to feed from using my usual method in this city, as, you know, I don't have any contacts to tap. So instead... Tommy is going to slum it, and he's going to essentially just prowl the streets, wait until he can find someone who looks like, you know, they're out of the way, and do this alley cat style. All right. Give me... Hmm. I'd say the main part is doing this without in a place that's remote enough because this is not your sitting there hell of a yeah. lot more sightlines. That's so a good me... uh, that's a good point. So actually what Tommy will do is he'll find a place he'll find just, you know, a place where there are people, whether it's an outdoor cafe right. or a play or a square where people are gathering and he will use his presence to try and lure someone away closer to their temporary haven and feed from them away All from right. the hustle and bustle of the main streets. Give me a charisma plus persuasion, and Ted, give me your usual predator roll. I, I don't recall which one the uh, un, the river haunter uses the minute. <laughs> now, Tommy, I will tell you this. You can kick in persuasion. But survival, if you make less than three successes, there's a chance you'll be remembered. Oof, I'm going Since to spend all, a willpower. The thing with awe is that it draws all eyes to Yeah, that's why I'm going to spend a willpower and end up with seven successes out of a possible oh, ten. Okay. Rather than, well, seven successes critical out of a... I had two before, and then I willpowered, and I got... One success and two criticals out of the three dice that I will powered. So, yeah, seven right. successes altogether. Damn. Okay. Ted, how do you go? Ooh. Uh. Hmm. So, I currently have a messy six. Ooh. I'm trying to decide whether I want to willpower to roll that. <laughs> Roll one of the crits into hopefully a regular. Your call. Uh, this city's yeah. big enough that no one would notice you poaching. No, this one I'm more worried about getting a second stain on my like uh, first yeah. couple of hours in Chicago. <laughs> that is that is a chance. You're already on one stain. Yeah. Still have bounces one to deal with in my game. <laughs> You're just racking yeah. up stains lately. 
that disdains only one outcome. Damn. Hey, the, the reroll actually just made it now to critical seven. A messy crit seven. <laughs> <laughs> I kept the, rolled another critical and then just another success. Well. Okay, so here's what happens. Tommy, you go find a late night cafe. Not a speakeasy, but it's the same kind of energy. People laughing, having fun, dancing. It's fairly upscale, actually. This is Logan Square. This is a good part of town. And sure enough, there's a pretty young thing who's very charmed by your repartee. And all too happy to go off with you, giggling, treating it like a big scandal. <laughs> How many points of hunger do you sate, Dami? Hmm, I'm at hunger three. I'd like to sate two. You do so. And there's a temptation to draw this is thinner, way thinner than what you've used to. This is nothing like the thick richness of your sire's blood or even that of that idiotic Mulcavin that you drained so long ago. Was it only a month ago? God. But you, you stop yourself. As she's pale and breathing slow and languorous, blinking there from the ecstasy of the kiss, disheveled. And you leave her there. In the wooded bower of the small park. Tommy hands her a dollar bill and says, Get yourself a cab home before he leaves. She blinks at you blearily. It's hard to tell she's what she's hearing, but she nods at you as you leave her. Ted. Hey. One minute. You're tracking someone under the city, under at the edge of the river. Then you blink. And you're staring out at black, roiling water. And the sounds of the city are different. You're where you were when Raven ran to the water's edge. What was your hunger before you went hunting? Uh, it was still at three. You're down to two. <laughs> and your neck aches. Huh? 
Guessing is there someone, anyone around, or? You turn, you look, you're, you're seeing, uh, you're seeing Lincoln Park at night. Overhanging boughs of the trees, walkways. There's no one around. Although, in the darkness, you can see that there is something stuck to a tree. A bird has been driven into the tree. Held there by some kind of knife. Looks like a blackbird. Crow or a raven. The other thing you see as you look to the west is a brightening horizon. It's going to be dawn soon, and you are not close to the haven. Oh, now shit. what? Uh, okay, we'll have to unpack the bird later. Uh, does there seem to be any sort of like water under like underwater pipe systems or anything like that. Like, I don't say sewer pipes because it's connected yeah. to a lake. But you're in the middle of Lincoln Park, so yeah. well, don't rule out sewer pipes in the lakes at this juncture. It's this is way before that. Uh, but yeah. well, you're in the middle of Lincoln Park, but the park only stretches, you know, probably less than a mile. So if you ran. Like east, east or west. Sorry, if you ran like north or south, you could probably find something. Probably. Or you could maybe book it back to the Haven, but this, it's going to be a close one. Tell you that. What's the call? Because that horizon ain't getting darker. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's just going to try and book it towards a body of water and hope there's some sort of piping or something he can hide in for the day. With a tremendous... With a... Yeah quick jog and a tremendous leap you bolt into the cold waters of Lake Michigan heading to the darkness the deep where you're safe and yet your neck throbs as you go and your hand feels torn flesh oh, yeah. in two spots you touch it and you swim looking for some place mm. Well, you might not be disturbed. Roll me 
a streetwise plus wits. Okay, I'm going to re-roll that. Okay, so it goes from a total failure to two successes. <laughs> wow, that's better. <laughs> it takes time. It takes way more time than As you keep, you find pipes, but they were all either too small or they're obviously in use. There's too much risk that a surge of chemicals or waste mm -hmm. will push you out in the middle of the day. And you're starting to get frantic as the water lightens, as you feel, lightens to the point that you feel the back of your neck and your exposed skin start Apologies. to get hotter and hotter. And then, just in the nick of time, you find it a grating under a grating under the lake. Some defunct drain, some remnant of an old factory, some overflow that's long been sent, long since been drowned and submerged. And with the water around you starting to boil as your flesh heats up to unbearable levels, you yank it open. Throw yourself into this dark space without even looking at what else is down there and shut it solidly behind you. Just at the instant the heat is off you, you're so very, very tired. And you lose consciousness. And f But there's something strange. You don't dream when you're in the day sleep normally. You never dream. Most kindred don't. But for a second, just for a second, you see the face of a beautiful woman. Long black silky hair. It's a native face. And there's a feather of a single blackbird wind in her hair. Is it a dream? She looks at you solemnly. And then you're out. And that's where I think we'll leave off tonight. Welcome to Chicago. <laughs> God damn.